Thank you for listening to Mimosas in the Morning. Good morning, and what to say today, except that we're just joining you, uh, Leslie. And I'm Holly. And um, uh, we're not Mimosas in the Morning not this today. morning. Not because today. Because we have a special guest, and it's Amber from the American Heart Association here in Tampa. So today we're talking about, you know, liquids like coffee, water, other fluids. Everything <laughs> is very healthy for you. Yes. So thank you the reason for, we for wanted Amber here right. today, absolutely. Thank you for being here this is morning. Is that it's Stroke Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the American Heart Association is very active in promoting to bring awareness. Yes, awareness mm-hmm. to all of us because it's, would you say, kind of one of those silent killers too. It's just one of those things that can get you and you just yep. have no idea. Yep. And, so. you, and people don't know about it. So Amber, you know that it's May uh, Stroke Heart Awareness Month. Give us... It's the mic is yours. We're turning it over. Um, give give us everything that you know, what you want to our audience know, so that we can share this because it's so important to know the signs and be aware. Be your own advocate, right? Absolutely. So thanks so much for having me, ladies. Really happy to be here this morning. And you're right, May is Stroke Awareness Month. So it's something that we talk about all month long. And um, for a lot of people, they don't know why um, Stroke Awareness Month is so important to us at the Heart Association because a stroke happens in your brain. So how is it all connected together? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And here at the Heart Association, we say that you can spot a stroke fast. It's our acronym, F-A-S-T. And this is the really easy way to remember the warning signs of a stroke. So if you were to see any of these happen, um, we're going to talk about what they look like and what you should do if it happens. So the F stands for face drooping. Um, One side of the face will droop. Uh, It might be weak. It might be numb. Someone might say, oh, my face feels a little tingly. It feels a little bit numb. That's something to look out for. The A stands for arm weakness. So the easiest way to test this is to ask somebody if they're saying like, oh, my arm feels a little numb or it doesn't feel quite right. Maybe they're not um, as coordinated as they would normally be. You can ask them to raise their arms kind of like a zombie. And one of the arms isn't going to be able to match up to the other one. So that's a really good indicator as well. The S stands for speech difficulty. So this could come in a number of different ways. Their speech could be slurred. It could be totally not understandable at all. It could sound like gibberish or um, they might not be able to speak at all. They might just have difficulty. And so one thing you can try to test out with them is ask them to say an easy sentence. Ask them to say the sky is blue or my name is such and such. And you'll be able to tell um, kind of if something's not quite making the connection there. And last but not least, the T stands for time to call 911. If you see any of these things, face drooping, arm weakness, speech difficulty, you have to call 911 because it really could be the difference between a full recovery and a lifetime of long-term disability. And so we like to say around here that nobody ever dies of embarrassment. If you go to the hospital because you think something is wrong and they tell you you have heartburn, that is the best case scenario. We want that. because the worst thing you could do is say, oh, well, this is no big deal. It's not a problem and not go uh, it, because something really could be wrong. So really want to encourage you to sort of learn these signs. It's an easy acronym and it could be the difference between um, somebody's somebody's life one day. You could be out at the supermarket, in your home, in, in your school, wherever you may be on base and could see one of these happening. So really encourage you to sort of take this life saving skill into your hand and, and commit it to memory. And I think it's a big thing to uh, mention too that 
strokes even happen to teenagers yes. and a lot happen um, within sports. My son does football and that's one of the things that we had to sign off on. He had to take a, a virtual like class um, talking mm -hmm. about signs of a stroke and all that because especially us living here in, in Tampa and the heat being outside, you know, it's not mm -hmm. just because someone's unhealthy. And I think that that's, a, um, yeah. that's the, the case that most people, when they feel that embarrassment, so they don't want to go to the doctor because they think exactly. they, they did something. Mm -hmm. I have done something. There's something wrong that I have done, and I don't want anyone to know about it. And so then you're, you're hurting yourself even more. And then mm -hmm. with their teenagers, they don't understand any of these signs that you're talking about. Well, they, they're just, they feel funny. They're invincible. invincible. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I will ask you this too, Amber. So as we've talked about before with heart attack, you know, women have different symptoms, is, but we're looking at the same type of symptoms for men and women at this point. Is that correct with stroke? Yes, for the most part, you're really going to see one of three these three symptoms. These are most consistent with a certain type of stroke. Uh, there are two. And the second type of stroke, it's much less common. And people will describe this symptom as having the very worst headache that they've ever had. Take your worst migraine day and multiply it, and that's a symptom of that one. So a couple different things to look for, but they are going to manifest, for the most part, in, in one of those main three ways that we talked about. And another thing to talk about, um, and you probably bring this up a little bit because you have way more knowledge than I do. Um, and we see this in our military community is with our spouses who are pregnant. And they dismiss the pregnancy saying those are pregnancy symptoms and they're not pregnancy symptoms. And then they have a stroke mm. during like childbirth. Mm -hmm. I think for women, especially, we're just so used to taking care of everyone else and we always put ourselves last. And so this is one of those instances. And really, when it comes to your health, you always want to keep that at the forefront. Pregnant, not pregnant, healthy, maybe could be healthier. Always want to keep that at, at the forefront of your mind. And really, one of the biggest things is knowing your family history, knowing your own history, because sometimes that can put you at an even greater risk and really not um, overlooking anything, not minimizing anything. There is no such thing as saying, oh, well, this it's no big deal. Um, it's probably just this or it's probably just that. You really can't be too careful with these things. So especially as a pregnant woman, you want to make sure that you're taking anything that doesn't feel quite right um, very seriously. Always listen to your body. That's the biggest thing. It's it's usually trying to tell you something. Well, and then also, you know, I think isn't a big indicator is being aware of what your blood pressure yep, is. That rolls into the blood yeah. pressure. So yep. yeah. Also so, blood awareness month, right? Mm -hmm. It is. It is. May shares the month. It's Stroke Awareness Month, and it's also High Blood Pressure Awareness Month. And I know that this is something that is especially close to the military community um, this day and age. There's a lot of research coming out now about why this next generation of uh, military members and veterans really have this high blood pressure. And some of the things that go into high blood pressure are what what are you eating are you are you going to mcdonald's going through that drive-through are you going home and cooking with some healthy healthy vegetables and um are, are you getting enough exercise and we're not talking oh hey i walked from here to the fridge on that commercial break are you going out are you getting at least 150 minutes of exercise every week um are you healthy in other ways do you know your risk factors we talked about family history do you have a history of heart attack or stroke or anything like that or of even high blood pressure high blood pressure is called the silent killer for a reason mm -hmm. 
it has no outward symptoms. There was no way for you to know um, just by walking by someone on the street if they have high blood pressure. That's why it's so important for you to know your numbers, what's important, what's what's normal for you. Um, because it's a little different for everybody. What's what's high for me could be normal for you and vice versa. And so if you don't know what your blood pressure numbers are, if you haven't taken your blood pressure recently, go by Publix, go your local grocery store, whatever it is, your local pharmacy, sit down, take your blood pressure, and really take a, a moment to think about what those numbers mean. The Heart, Heart Association says that normal blood pressure is 120 over 80. Um, so if your numbers are maybe a little higher or significantly higher than that, definitely something you might wanna have that conversation with your doctor and um, really take a look at your lifestyle because that is the easiest way to combat high blood pressure is make those lifestyle changes, eat better, exercise, cut back on the alcohol, um, you know, and, and really take a look at some of those less, lifestyle changes. Less mimosas. Less, less mimosas, unfortunately. It's not to say you can't overtake, but. Yeah. And I think your stress level, you know, um, yes. not, that's, that's not even include just our military, that's in general. I think that we're Everybody. in a generation mm -hmm where it's so fast moving and you're expected to have this respected to that. And so you're putting more stressors on yourself. Well, listen, my family Absolutely. has been, like riddled with all of this. So I have to be very aware, especially as I get older. Yeah. This is a good example. We talked about it. Leslie's skinny, Holly's not skinny. I'm a little fluffy. <laughs> but I'm such a happy jujube, right? So <laughs> my husband, he's this active, you know, Marine and um, very, very physically fit, but his high, his blood pressure is borderline always. And they always say, mm -hmm. says, if I didn't know that your physical activity and who you were looking at your numbers, I would be saying you're borderline. And Javier comes from a family of, you know, heart attacks and, uh, and other um, medical yeah. issues. Here, I got a good heart. I got a good, I'm going. I'm tinkering around. In so many ways. Yes, you do. <laughs> she, she's my, my, she is very, very physically fit. But stressors, yes. <laughs> stressors, oh my gosh, my stress is like up here. But that's all right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's why I usually recommend to folks if you take your blood pressure at home, take it in the morning before you have your cup of coffee and get that caffeine in you for the day when you're really kind of at your most relaxed and see what that number is. And then take it again at say lunchtime before you have your lunch and see what the differences are because you would be amazed how your everyday routine activities can really impact your blood pressure and know that all right maybe I'm a little too stressed out at work maybe I need to get myself a stress ball or or go for a walk around the building or, or do something to really kind of keep my, my stress levels in check during the day mm -hmm. well yeah. you know that's something I do just having like you know your smartwatch your Fitbits that kind of thing mm -hmm. you keep an eye on your resting heart rate so yeah. I kind of know yeah. I can tell a difference at certain times of a day when my heart rate goes up, what some of the triggers of it. And I think that's been something that's been really beneficial mm -hmm. for me. So tell yeah. us too, what is going on? Like, cause every, which I love the American Heart Association, you know, that is dear to me. And everywhere yeah. we have PCS is different. They're doing different things in the area. I love Tampa Bay's American Heart Association. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can oh, say so that. Active. I, I know you, you're yeah. always doing something and I wish, you know, that we lived closer. Um, unfortunately, we come from being on the Marine Corps side, always being on insulation and then moving to Tampa. That's not geographically, it was an issue and I was very sad. Um, I'm blessed because Amber and my crew at Tampa Bay has blessed me and they allow, they allow me to do little as, or a lot as 
that I can do, right? right. What, I, what, I, what I'm able and capable of doing. Um, but tell me, what is Tampa Bay doing? Do you know what other areas are doing or how people can get involved? Absolutely. So definitely if you're not in the Tampa Bay area and you're you're in another part of the country, highly recommend you reach out to your local AHA. There's always an opportunity to volunteer, to get involved, and to really be part of what we consider a year-round calendar of, of health and wellness here. Our, our main priority, of course, is um, heart disease and stroke and raising awareness, but we like to get involved in the community too. The health and wellness of the community is a big priority for the Heart Association. So one of the big things that we have coming up right now, which we're really excited about, is the Heart Walk. So it's our annual 5K that we do every year over at Raymond James Stadium. So that's going to be on November 9th this year. And although it seems like it's a long time away for us, it'll be here before we know it. It really is something that takes us all year to get that day together for everybody to come out to celebrate our heart disease and stroke survivors, to really raise awareness. And we usually have about 35,000 people who come out and walk and and really just kind of be part of the day, which is so exciting. So we've got that going on in a couple weeks. Uh, first week of June is actual na national CPR week. So we'll go out into the community and we'll teach folks hands-only CPR and, and really empower them to, just like with the fast signs, take action. If something were to happen, if somebody were to collapse of cardiac arrest while you're doing your grocery shopping, that you would feel empowered and you would feel knowledgeable enough to jump in and give that hands-only CPR until, um, until help were to arrive. So we've got that going on coming up in June. And really then it's just little things here and there throughout the community that we're involved in. We've got a lot of local partnerships here um, that are more than just heart disease and stroke. We're working on health equity, access to healthy food and care. Uh, we have our STEM Goes Red program that comes up in September. So we work with um, middle school girls in the community and, and really teach them about science, technology, engineering, and math, and, and why more women should be involved in those fields. So a whole year full of stuff, but really would encourage you to come out and be part of our big heart walk in November. Get a team together, get your family. It's pet friendly, bring the dogs out, bring a whole group out and, and really come walk with us and, and celebrate what we do. And when people are moving from, like for us for military duty station, duty station, or if you're moving in general, how do you get involved other places for American Heart Association? It's not just here. Absolutely. Definitely. And, and I know that um, that is something that's so difficult. We've talked about it before, Holly, really having to go every couple of years to a new place. And I think that's what's great about being able to go out and volunteer. And I know that's why you're so passionate about it is you really can go out and say, hey, I'm new here and I really just want to get involved and I want to try to make a difference. And and will love the help anywhere you go. Any American Heart Association location is going to love that you want to come out and volunteer and, and be part of it and really get involved in the community. And uh, although we're a national organization, a lot of our offices are really quite small. We are doing a lot of big work with not a ton of people. So any extra help we're always so grateful for. And, and we really wouldn't be able to do it without volunteers like you and Leslie coming out and helping us out at our luncheon, at our heart ball, at our heart walk, and, and really giving us those that extra manpower. It's really important to us to keep our mission going. That's good. I, I love this. Food. I have to go back to that um, because I think that that's um, really, really great. And how can, um, and again, we talk about geographically. So if you're not close by the um, chapter, yeah, your, your office and all that, the mm -hmm. chapter, chapter office, how can our schools that are not that close get involved? 
I want to end on that note because I think that's so important, especially right now mm -hmm. where our movement yeah. is going. Absolutely. So one of the big things we have going on in schools right now is Kids Heart Challenge. So it's something where we really get the kids involved, get them active, get them exercising, talk to them about their heart, talk to them about um, heart health and, and healthy lifestyle in general, and then really raising funds. That's such a big part of what the American Heart Association does is the funds that we raise go back to fund life-changing research that could be the next big break in heart disease and stroke. And so we really um, welcome folks to get involved in that way as well. Maybe you're not near a local chapter and you still want to feel like you are, are part of our mission and, and helping us advance what we're doing. And that's a great way to, uh, to, to just be able to kind of make that connection and help us raise those critical funds that we really need to, to do all the things that we do. And that, that means a lot to us. This past um, 10 weeks was very hard. You know about it. Our coworker lost her mm -hmm. sweet girl, and um, not a lot of people know that because it was something that we could not talk about. But now Liz has told us that we could share, and so this year I will be fundraising again. I always do that, and um, personally, and sending money because it's so important for you know y'all to have the equipment and things that are needed so that we're not losing a life, and especially one of our babies for all ages. For all ages. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Heart disease does not discriminate whether you're four or 40 or 84. It can happen to you. It has happened. Um, you know, we've we've seen it, unfortunately, one too many times. And so that's really um, what what why we all do what we do. It's for those faces in the community, the ones that are still with us and fighting the ones that that didn't make it and, and really to celebrate them and raise awareness for them and, and let people know that um, it's it's not just your grandparents' disease. This could this could happen to anybody. And it's the number one killer of all Americans. Yep. So share your why you're saving a life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well thank you. Thank Amber. you so much. You always have such wonderful information for us. And you know, we love the idea of partnering with you all, supporting your mission, and we're always here to do that whenever you need us to. Yep. So, well, thank you ladies so much for having me. Yep. And remember that military home base brings you home one base at, at a time. time. And we'll see you all tomorrow on our normal time. Yes. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amber. Thank you so much. Thank Amanda, you for allowing this interview. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks, ladies.